If you're playing in a finite game, there's known players, fixed rules, and an agreed-upon objective. A great example, football, baseball. There is a beginning, middle, and an end. And if there is a winner, there has to be a loser. In an infinite game, there are known and unknown players, which means that players can join whenever they want. The rules are changeable, which means the objective is to stay in the game. And you can stay in that game as long as you want. An example of an infinite game is our everyday lives. There is no winner in business, in healthcare, or in education. In today's episode, I provide my my insights that I took from listening to a conversation between Brene Brown and Simon Sinek about his book, The Infinite Game. Successful brands are rooted in purpose and driven by the potential to make a positive impact on their customers. Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose with Amy Austin. Each week, Amy brings you practical advice to embrace the power of purpose in all aspects of your business and transform it into the central storyline for your branding and marketing strategies. Faith is being on a team even when you don't know all the players. Life is not a solo sport. Simon Sinek said these words during his conversation with Brene Brown on her Dare to Lead podcast. It was those words that made me stop and make a mental note that I needed to listen to this episode again. He said these words only about five minutes into their conversation. He said he came up with that definition of faith through a conversation with a gentleman that runs a program or a business in Chicago called Eco House. So they're not 100% his words, but they're still words that I think we all need to really think about. Life is not a solo sport. We are all members of a team that we cannot possibly know all the names of every person that's on the team with us. So some of the other reasons why I really wanted to go back and listen to this conversation with Brene Brown and Simon Sinek again is... It was talking about the infinite game. And I've been part of conversations recently about what's the, is the idea of understanding your business purpose or the why of your business, is it cheesy? Is it something that's hokey or or is it really a valid thing? Does it make a difference? And another post that I was involved in on, on LinkedIn recently Questioned whether or not your messaging should start with why, but instead, shouldn't shouldn't it start with what you do to serve those that you are, are working for? That it should address the problem and the pain point of your target audience rather than starting with why. And with that one, I argue that that is starting with why. You are in your business for the good of what you do. The purpose of your business is to solve someone's problem and to be of service. Isn't that the same as your message starting with the problem that they have and addressing it and understanding the context of it? If you don't understand those things, if you don't understand your why and your purpose for the business, there is no way for you to be able to understand who you serve and why they need you. It just doesn't work. 
at least not in my brain. Maybe somebody else can tell me differently and convince me because I, I am that way. If you can convince me that there is a better or a different way to do something that I am kind of stuck on doing in my way, I'm open to that. I always have been. So feel free. You know, if as a listener, you have a different perspective that you think I need to understand about why starting with why and starting a message buildup with your audience's pain point is not interconnected, I want to hear it. But in this conversation with Brene Brown and Simon Sinek, she asked the question, is why and purpose the same thing? And I've had that question asked of me multiple times. And I will tell you, of course, I prefer Simon's response to that question than I have any, any response that I've given in the past. And that's this. Until you have a agreed upon definition of the term, it's impossible to answer that question. But then he goes on to say that for his purpose, for his intention... He uses the word why to describe the foundation of what we do. Our why comes from our past, and it is objective. It is the outcome of what has happened to us in our past that formulates how we respond and how we move forward into our future. It is an intention. As I'm recording this, I'm looking at the index card that I have attached to my calendar in front of my computer, and it is the definition of the word purpose. The word purpose means the reason for which something is done or created. It is a person's sense of resolve or determination. And as a verb, it means to have as one's intention or objective. Our why is all of those things. So he went on to describe that our why represents the foundation of what we do. It serves as that objective starting point. It helps ground us. And in turn, it also helps formulate the vision that we have for our life and our outcomes. And that goes right into talking about the infinite game. Because in the infinite game, when you adopt an infinite mindset and you start applying the principles that he talks about in the book, The Infinite Game, the first one is a just cause. Our just cause is for the future. It is subjective. It's where you are going. You can have one for your family, for your personal life, for your business, or anything that you are involved in, you can have a just cause. Whereas with your why, you only have one. And that one thing informs everything that you do. It influences the just cause that you have for your personal life and the just cause that you have for your professional life. Those are the things that help you envision what it is that you're going to do. But the, but the why helps guide you to know that you are staying on track. He describes it as a house. Your why is the foundation. The foundation is going to stay the same. But as you're building their house, you may think one day that you want to have, I believe the example he gave was, you may think one day you want to have blue shutters on the house. But as you grow, as the house builds more, you decide, you know what? No, blue shutters are not right. I want black or I want burgundy or some other color. That's okay. 
the end result is still that you have a house. And if you feel the need to tear it down at some point, the foundation still remains the same. You can just rebuild it differently to meet the objective that you have for that time frame or whatever the just cause for that house is can be adjusted along the way. It is subjective. In order to advance a just cause, it has to have a few things in place. It has to be for something. It has to be affirmative and optimistic. It needs to be inclusive, meaning that it's open to everyone who wants to contribute. It needs to be service-oriented, needs to be resilient, idealistic, and unachievable. Let's think about that part of it for a minute. Unachievable. Your just cause is something that you want to live on after you are no longer involved. Think about the just cause of a business, of a brand. Simon likes to use Apple as an example. I think it's a fine example. Apple does have a just cause. Their just cause is to simplify our world, our lives, and allow us, as Simon said in this, in this conversation with Brene Brown, allow us to stand up and have a voice to the big companies. Think about the ways that they have done that. Back when they were a computer company, he shares how in, I believe it was 1979 or sometime in the late 70s, Steve Jobs went to IBM they showed him some technology that they were working on, an interface that they were working on, and wanted him to buy into it or invest in it. The general gist, though, is that when he left, he told the company, we need to do this. Even though it goes against what our our existing plan has been, we need to do this because this will advance our just cause. And what was that? It was the foundations of using a mouse, drop and drag, organizing things in folders. It was the start of an operating system that has influenced the way personal computing, all computing really, has advanced since the, since the 80s. Now imagine if he hadn't done that. It helped advance his just cause. That actually is an example of one of the other tactics that is involved in the, having an infinite mindset, which is called existential flexibility. He recognized the value of what, of what he was seeing in front of him. And even though he knew that it would take significant manpower and significant change of course, that it was what needed to be done to accomplish the just cause that he was working towards and that his company was working towards. Without it, Apple would not be what they are today. So another piece of the infinite game and adopting an infinite mindset is that you must have trusting teams. You have to build those trusting teams. You want to believe, you need to know that every person around you is bought into the just cause, understands what their role is to make it happen, and are committed to doing just that. An infinite-minded leader understands that it is their responsibility then to create and bring together those people that will make this happen. 
It is not their responsibility to micromanage. It is not their responsibility to do every piece of work that needs to be done in order to advance the just cause. It is the leader's responsibility to find the people who will come together as a trusting team to advance that cause. The next part of this is the worthy rival. And this one honestly has been the one that I continue to come back to long after I read the book. I read this book a year and a half, maybe two years ago now. And worthy rival is always, always the tactic that I come back to of needing to remind myself of, but also just feeling like it was the most impactful piece. And that is when we play in an infinite game, there are others playing in the game with us. And we recognize them not as competition, but as rivals. And what does a rival do? A rival encourages us to continually do better. It's not about beating somebody. In an infinite mindset, it is not about winning a game. It is about continually improving and doing better and understanding there is no finite end to the game. We don't start our business with the intention of closing it. A business is an infinite game. Yes, maybe there are some people who do start their business with the intention of being able to sell it and move on. I would still argue with their intention of selling it, that means that the business is going to go on even though they are no longer involved. So if you then think of your competition as being worthy rivals, someone that you look to to understand what they do better than you do, and for you to then recognize, okay, I need to be able to do that better. And it pushes you to do better. It pushes your team to do better. But it is not about beating them. A rival helps to reveal your weaknesses, your blind spots. And then it focuses on making you yourself better. Now, from a marketing and branding standpoint, I look at this as if we look at, if we pick out two or three, I'm going to use air quotes here, competitors, and flip the switch and think about them as a rival, and we then take it a step further and we start thinking, okay, what differentiates the two of us? What makes us different? Chances are you are going to find things on that list of what's different about the two of you, your two businesses. That identifies things that you could improve on, but equally identifies things that you don't necessarily want to become the expert in. And that it is perfectly okay for that other person or that other business to be an expert in that subject matter or that field. It really switches how you view a competitive assessment, how you view your own business and personal development, I think it's one that's really worth diving into and thinking about more. So I already mentioned the existential flexibility. The other thing I found really interesting about this conversation between Simon and Brene was that he said, you know, a a fair number of business leaders will never experience that existential flexibility, either because they don't need to or because they don't have the strength to do it. 
One quote that he said in regards to this existential flexibility, using that Apple example, there was a lot of turnover. There was a lot of jobs that were no longer necessary. There were a lot of new jobs that were formed as a result of this shift in direction. You know, so the, the company went through a lot of transition during the time of, of when they were making that shift. I mean, imagine you're trying to turn something 180 degrees and shift the, the direction in order to better meet that bigger just cause. It's not an easy task to do. So this quote I thought was really telling. And that was, as an entrepreneur, you have to get used to the fact that the people that you start your business with are not who you will grow your business with. And Simon attributed that quote to Dave Ramsey. He went on to say that we need to remember that companies are not families. They are a team. And you are loyal to the team, not to the individual. You're loyal to the cause and advancing the mission. The last one in the infinite mindset is you have to have the courage to lead. And he said, that's really just a summary of everything that goes into this. It is a summary of understanding the just cause, of building a trusting team, of understanding your worthy rivals, and of having the courage to make that existential flexible move if necessary. If you don't have the courage to do those things, you don't have the courage to lead. Now, the infinite mindset is not for someone who values ego over service to the work. You do not have to beat someone to make it better. So the other day, I posted on LinkedIn about my service called the Marketing Director on Call, and I had a person reach out to me and say, hey, I don't know what this is. Can you tell me more about it? So I thought maybe I should tell you about it, too. We're all familiar with a physician calling on another physician to help with a patient, right? That physician there calling is on call. My on-call service is the same thing. If you are responsible for marketing but have no one to brainstorm ideas with or have marketing responsibilities as, quote, other duties as assigned, or maybe you are a founder or a business owner who is looking to bootstrap as many business functions as possible until you've grown enough to hire a bigger team, Each of these roles may put you in a position to want to talk to an expert in marketing or branding. And you know what? That's me. And that's where the marketing director on call service is valuable. You drive the agenda. We brainstorm and strategize for an hour working out an action plan and you leave with clarity and confidence to make it happen. I'm on call for you. Your second opinion is a phone or now a Zoom call away. Check out the link in the show notes for more information about the marketing director on call service and also how to schedule a discovery call to, to find out if it's the right service for you. I look forward to hearing from you. The other thing I wanted to share in this in this week's episode is about how clarity, consistency, and confidence can influence our ability to be able to achieve a goal. I decided six weeks ago that I was going to put a lot more effort into achieving a health goal that I have been thinking about for a long time. And I've been thinking about this this health goal really since November of 2018. And I won't go into the details of why 
you know, of what the goal is itself or how how I approached it over those many months between November 2018 and February 2021, other than to say I didn't have a clear plan. I had a plan, but it wasn't one that I could consistently stick to. I would try something, I would work on it for a while, and I would either get tired of it, something would happen that would make me question whether or not it was the right plan for me, and I would abandon it, and I would go back to doing what I'd been doing all along. Finally, at the beginning of January, I had had enough with this particular with this particular health goal. And I found a different approach, one that had things mapped out better for me, as opposed to just me relying on the trial and error that I had been doing previously. So it gave me some clarity. So with that clarity, I was able to start consistently applying it to my day-to-day life. And I'm not going to lie, it was, it was difficult at first, but the more that I did it, there's consistency, the easier it got, there's my confidence, and the more I started to see the results that I was looking for. I had a clear idea of what I needed to do. I could consistently do it every day. I could replicate it. And every time I did... I became more confident in my ability to achieve that goal. So 40 days in, I achieved what I consider a baby step goal towards the bigger goal that I really want to accomplish. And that feels really good. But I couldn't do it before because I was not clear. I was not acting consistently. And as a result, my confidence was not solid. It was there occasionally, and then it would drop off, and then it would come back, and then it would drop off again, which hindered my ability to stick with the clarity of plan and acting consistently. This is what I tell my clients all the time as it relates to branding. They have to clearly understand what their strategy is, and then they have to apply it consistently. And the more often that they apply it, the more consistent that they are, and the more clarity they're going to achieve with that strategy, their confidence is going to grow. And in turn, so is the confidence of their audience. It's just a nice little circle that we can go round and round and round and round in and continue to get more positive results from it. So it's just going to keep getting bigger and stronger and more rooted in that ability to achieve success. So I wanted to share that with you because if you're like me and you've been struggling with something health-related, business-related, whatever goal that might be, think about whether or not you're really clear on what your intention is and on what the strategy is on how you're going to get there. Are you repeating it consistently? And are you recognizing that you are seeing your confidence grow? Give it a shot. So just a couple of things that I want to add in closing today. I am really excited about the last two episodes that I shared. The interview with Kim Hamer about how to be more supportive of your employees when they are dealing with cancer or some other chronic disease. It is such a powerful conversation, and I really hope that if you missed it, that you go back and listen to it. And better yet, 
I want you to share it. I want you, I want this message that Kim has to get out to more people. I want leaders to understand that there is more to be done to be a better support system to those individuals who are facing cancer or have a loved one that's facing cancer or any chronic illness. They need our support and there's more that we can do. And I know we try. We try really hard to be supportive, but sometimes we just don't know the words or the right actions to take. And her book is wonderful in that regard. It is full of so many really great resources and ideas that will help those people through what is really a challenging time. So please, if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. It is so good and it is so helpful. And then do me a favor, share it. And if you feel like I do about it, write a review, leave a note on it, follow Kim on Instagram on at 100 Acts of Love is what she goes by on Instagram. And then last week's episode with Kristen Sherry, I loved that Kristen was so open about how it was that she came to writing an assessment. As I said in that episode, I am blown away at the amount of work that she put into that. It just boggles my mind that somebody came up with this assessment on their own. It just, I can't even, I can't even understand all of the steps necessary. Now, I'm sure if I had a brilliant idea like that and I really was bought into it, that would be my just cause. I would find a way to make it happen. I will benefit from her, from her work. I will take her assessment And I will learn about myself from it and it will be amazing. But hearing how she came to that that decision, what prompted her to do this work and how she continues to use it to further her just cause and how it spun off into her writing all of the books that she has and her latest book, Maximize 365, which has hit Amazon bestseller status in, you know, in just a matter of days is really remarkable. I think it's a great conversation and I hope that's another one that you'll go back and listen to and share because it is really valuable. So this is episode 80. I'm amazed at how well the show has gone. It has been so much fun. Again, if you are a regular listener, find a place to rate and review it. I'd really appreciate that. And if one of the episodes really resonates with you, please share it, help it get some more traction. Your help is certainly appreciated. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be interviewing a psychologist on her work with helping people overcome being an anxious achiever, how to be able to work within that space. And then I'm also going to be doing the the book discussion with Holly Adams really soon. So I'm finishing up the book right now. I'm a little bit behind on that. She's already finished it. So she's waiting patiently in the wings for me to get my book finished. And then we're going to record our conversation about what we think of that book and and the insights that we took away from it. So I think that'll be a really fun conversation too. So I will be back with you again next week. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy the sunshine and live your life inspired. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. Head over to amyaustinmarketing.com for links and resources mentioned in today's show, as well as ways to subscribe and connect with Amy. Thanks for listening.